When last we saw the dynamic duo, Robin was in for a wax job, and Batman was about to be skeletonized by the Joker's human key duplicator. Sad to say, nothing has changed. Oh, so. Uh, no one the more about gel coat. All for a price that will make you spend 20 minutes a day reading the scriptures. I can do that. That sounds good. Then finally, we just want you to know how thrilled we are to have you be a part of our family. And we want you to know that to us, family is forever. Oh, that's very nice. I like that. That's beautiful. And it's for that reason that we want you to know that if in the future you change your mind and you decide to leave the faith or maybe uh, go to another, uh huh, we will kill you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you'll... Kill you. Kill me. Kill you. <laughs> okay, okay, I get, I get it, obviously. So, in other words, if I, if I leave at some point, I will be excommunicated, dead to the community. No. We will kill you. Right, right. No, I, I get that. I, by, I'm, saying, I'm saying, like, um, you know, like sitting Shiva, like the Jews do. Oh, no. No, we would never follow in the footsteps of the Jewish devils. So, well, because I know that, you know, the scriptures and religious folks often speak in, in symbolic language. Um, he, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear, right? No, that is true. The, the scriptures sometimes do speak in metaphor. Right? All kinds of metaphors and parables and... and... This is not a metaphor. Okay, I see. So when you say you will kill me... Kill you dead. Your heart will stop beating, your lungs will stop taking in air, and your brain will cease to function. Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. <laughs> That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. This is apostasy now. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. Because we need evidence. The only evidence... I'm, I'm generally now of the, I've read a lot about this, and I am generally of the opinion that there may have been someone on whom the, the legend was based, but the, the character that we see in the Gospels just didn't exist, period. Right. Yeah. There's, there's no, you cannot tag him to a, you know, into actual events. And, it, you know, it's one of those things where everything you can check, like you can check whether there was a census where everyone from all around back to their hometowns, which would have wreaked havoc in the yeah. Roman Empire. So we destroyed You them. can check whether that happened or not. And once you check it out, you go, yeah, that didn't happen. You can check to see whether there was a slaughtering of the in innocents, yeah. uh, you know, a la, you know, Egypt and Moses, you know, in the, in the first century. Well, no, that didn't happen either. The stuff that you can check turns out to be wrong. You can check whether the whether the Jews have any record of some Jesus guy that they put to death. The Jews were good record keepers. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't do stuff willy-nilly. So you can go and check. And it's just like the, the Exodus. You go and check it out, and you start to realize, oh, this is complete bullshit. But people have no idea. People who are religious have no idea.
that it's yeah. so threadbare. You know, it's so completely not what they not what they've been taught. Right, Math, Matthew. Who's this Matthew character? They have <laughs> they ha they're supposed to be the authors, but they have wordplay that only works in Greek. You know yeah. what I mean? These guys didn't speak Greek. Come on, right. give me a break. <laughs> You know, and, and, and most of the histories that are actually written are never, like you kind of alluded to earlier, never from a contemporary source. They're 20, 30, 40, 100 sure. years after the fact. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me, like right now I have a, I have one of my sons doing a grade four project about 9-11 because the uh, 12th anniversary just passed? Yes. Or, yeah, yeah or 14th. Four, four, 14th, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, um, you know. You don't remember? Right. Well, we're Canadian. Canadian. I know. <laughs> My apologies, um, but at the but at the end of the day, let's say a thousand years from now, somebody finds my son's grade four project. You know, I would expect right. it to have as much historical validity as anything right. from the Bible, like which means right. none. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, that's the other thing. You know, one of the things that did it for me early on was when I started to realize because Mormons Mormons were saying that the that the uh, the documents found in the Dead Sea Scroll and the Nag Hammadi Library that those were starting to show oh look Mormonism is more like the original Christianity and blah 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 and there were people who made uh, tapes and did lectures on this and so what did I do I decided to read them for myself and <laughs> you read the Dead Sea stuff or the stuff from the Nag Hammadi Library all the other Gospels. And you realize this is some whacked out crazy shit. I mean, it's it's just nuts. There's one that has Jesus killing another child when he's five years old and and stuff like that. I mean, it gets nuts. And then you realize, well, wait a minute. Why did we choose these other ones over these? And it really does start making you make you looking to how did this all come about now? And then you realize how completely political it was and how the, the Bible came together. Yeah. At that point, you're pretty much done. Well, also listening um, to, again, these guys that know way more about the Bible than I ever will, what I find is they kind of rob themselves in a sense for their religious beliefs. They rob themselves of the potential of understanding the interesting historical truth behind what we understand, what we do know or can speculate about the origins of the text. Like the Old Testament used to make no sense to me as a Christian, this God who would order people to be murdered and killed and then act so differently in the New Testament. Yeah, schizoid. So, okay, well, first of all, uh, guys like, how was his name, uh, Marcion, uh, was one of yeah. the earliest people to say, let's let's just separate them. It's obviously two different gods. So this right. idea that Christianity right. always had the one book or the one set yep. of scriptures is total farcical. Yep. Um, and, and then the, his, his her heretical group was all wiped out. Yep. That's how, that's how come that that didn't become popular. That And that really is what it comes down to. You know, there's the, there's the, um, the question of did God, you know, did Jesus, was he co-eternal with the Father and, or did he proceed forth from? And there, there, there are, you know, the groups who took one position or the other. People don't realize one group wiped out the other. The, the reason you believe the way you do today as a Christian is not because God revealed anything spectacular about this thing. It's that one group killed all the other people. You know, yes. there's, there's a, it's an there's effective a, there's way to change. It's effective way to change trends. To yeah, one of the most horrific stories I ever read was early in the, I think, first or second century. You know, they the one group of worshipers was in worshiping on Sunday, and they they locked them all in the church they were in and burned it to the ground. And you know, that's that's how it came to be. And you know, now they follow it like it's it it was direct revelation from God Himself. Well, even the division I found out finally uh, some time ago that the main kind of thing that finally set apart the east and the west of europe the catholic versus the uh, orthodox uh, side of, of europe 
was a disagreement about whether the Holy Spirit came. There's an expression they used about the, the Trinity. Yeah, uh, the Father, the Son, uh, um, the Son comes from. I can't even remember the expression. It's yeah, so trivial, I know what you, you know. Yeah. And, and one side it's was basically like, the same thing, the same idea. Yeah, the um, one side was like the Holy Spirit should not be said this way because it makes him equal to yes, Jesus and the right. Father, and the other one was like, no, no, they are equal, and so they all had to kill each other. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just crazy. It's it's it really is like debating whether you know fairies' wings are two inches long or three. <laughs> I mean, Obviously, they are two. Does Bigfoot put like tomatoes? Yes, he does. And no, he doesn't. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> But when it's tied to your eternal salvation, and this is why the idea, this is why I think the idea of salvation by grace was such truly the worst idea ever. When you tie belief into whether you end up going to eternal torture or not, in other words, if you don't believe the right thing, even even however good natured and and honest at heart you are, if you believe the wrong thing, you're burning in hell forever. That that is what takes that to the next level. Two Bigfoot aficionados are not going to kill each other over <laughs> over whether Bigfoot likes tomatoes or not. It's the same reason why Stephen Hawking and uh, uh, who's the guy you made the bet with? Was it? Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, they made a bet about things, and when one of them was wrong, it wasn't like okay, I'm going to go kill Stephen Hawking because <laughs> because the 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 scale of it is you know is has not been puffed up with the potential of burning in hell forever and ever and ever, or potentially, you know, where it really gets dangerous is where people start thinking, that guy has an idea that could send my family to hell forever and ever and ever. Well, that, yeah, you got to stomp that out. You absolutely, I get it. I completely get it why you got to kill the infidel, because he's going to drag everyone down into the pit of hell. Makes perfect sense to me, but it's scary as hell that anyone uh, believes that kind of thing or ever did. But that's, you know, that's, that's the push and that's how to get them in. You know, and that's all they cared about. Well, this will get them in. We'll save them from eternal torture. But you don't realize the the unintended consequences of that idea and how, you know, I have I have a great uh, little thing that I want to make into a T-shirt. You know, it's the it's no Jesus, no peace, but it's N-O-K-N-O-W, Jesus, N-O, peace. And then it just has his line about, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword to turn, you know, daughter against mother and father against son and blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and That's a nasty there's verse. no doctrine in the history of the universe that has done that better than, you know, what you believe is the most important thing. Yeah. Wow. So the, the question I think should have been answered by what happened there. If we think about what we value in society today, this should be an open and shut case. These are the values that we've come to love and know in the liberal democratic West. Human rights, liberty, reason, equality, tolerance, justice, knowledge and science, due process, we can go on. The point is, the Christian nations had a thousand years to demonstrate their reverence for these values. What did they do? There we go. Maybe I just got to swing it a little more. What they demonstrated is an absolute abhorrence for the values we've come to revere, okay? Jesus said this, by their fruits ye shall know them. Think about that thousand years, the thousand years. Why didn't they create the great democratic West? They had all the power to make the world they wanted, and they did. They gave us totalitarianism, 
and terrorist states, the first terrorist states. Now, these are the values, these are the four um, that I've, there's a fifth I could put in there, but th basically everything that was on that list before, liberty, equality, tolerance, justice, these are the four under which pretty much every other one falls in some way or another, okay? These are not the ideals of the Exgen cookbook, all right? Let's look at them a little more specifically. Um, liberty, for me, in my country, the big three on liberty are freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Um, in our First Amendment of our Constitution, that's what's valuable and important to us. Um, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Let me go back. Freedom of religion. What do we get in terms of freedom of religion in the Extian nations in the West? Well, you basically didn't have it. And the reason why is because the cookbook itself has no interest in freedom of religion. The cookbook says, if you don't believe the way I do, uh, we get to kill you, basically. Um, we can take you out and kill you. It's right there in black and white. You know, maybe that's why uh, there are a lot of people who are actually drawn towards uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses. I Like, I only recently, within the last couple of years, found out they don't believe in hell. Yeah, Mormons don't have a hell either. For really? The yeah, Mormons are basically universalists in, when it comes down to it. Everyone's going to be saved to some degree, except for these people who commit the unpardonable sin, and then they go to outer darkness, which no one really knows what that is. But uh, <laughs> but it's very few people. You have to you have to absolutely know for certain that you know God exists and Jesus is the Christ and the Church is true, and then you have to fight against it. Well, I who's, believe who's going to do that? I believe outer darkness refers to Arkansas. It probably does. <laughs> At this point, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. As far as it was explained to me, the Jehovah's Witnesses take it one step further, that if you just refuse Christ and if you refuse Jehovah, that you just cease to exist when you die. Like, you're, you're, you, you don't have a soul in their particular brand of Christianity. You, you are your living soul. And if you die without being saved, you just cease to exist. And when I was, when this, when this was revealed to me during my conversations with that young couple, I'm like, oh, well, that's fantastic. I already believe that I cease to exist after I die. So there's really no threat in not believing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Damn well, you, you know, logic. <laughs> we, we did an episode, I think it's called Mr. Deity and the, oh, what was it? Um, it had to do with the, with the Wall Street um, movement at the time. And I can't, I can't remember the name of the episode, but John says to, to says to God, why do you have to torture these people? If, it, just keep them out of your presence. They don't get to be in your presence, but pre create a nice place for them where they can exist for eternity, enjoy each other's company. Why did, and then, you know, Mr. Deity says, well, so what? I don't get to hang out with all the cool kids? You know, they, they, <laughs> you know, he because they are the better people. I mean, let's face it. Everyone who's going to burn in hell is, is much more interesting than the people going to the other place. And uh, yeah, it's it's such a stupid idea that God has this. He's, he's He loves us so much. Brian Fisher on one of his things said, you know, Christopher Hitchens went to hell because God loved him. He didn't he didn't want to force his presence on him. Well, there's a difference between forcing his presence on you and torturing you forever. Yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> why can't it just be, you know, but that's, you know, that's beyond the primitive mind that came up with this bullshit to to comprehend. Right. You know, it is it is truly, you know, I've I've said it a zillion times because I love the line so much. But Bill Maher's line about how these people didn't know where the sun went at night really does crystallize the complete lack of understanding 
of the world that these people lived in, that the, the people that came up with this stuff. Right. So, <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. it's And there's a credibility gap there that I don't understand. I don't understand how a person reads this stuff and knows, okay, these are people who thought that above this flat earth that we lived on, there was this thing that held back the waters, the firmament, and could open up on us at any time and deluge us. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the, this is what they were thinking. Is it not more logical that they were just eating the shrooms and thinking they were talking <laughs> to God? Come on. Right. It's, it's well, so just, just crawling into the mind. Sometimes it's a good exercise trying to get into the mind of people who didn't understand pretty much anything that we know oh. now. Yeah, I do it all the time. I absolutely do that. It makes the world that they that they came up with, as Christopher Hitchens put it, was a pretty good guess. You know, it wasn't a bad guess. It was just wrong. Yeah. You know, it's just <laughs> wrong. But for, for the information that they had, that was a pretty good guess. Ptolemy's, Ptolemy's universe was a pretty good guess. It's just wrong. Just, the, you know, a good highlight for this is just when you look up in the sky and you know there are clouds, there's a sun, there's a moon, there are fucking stars. And we have an idea of what they are now. They didn't yeah. know any of that shit. Yeah. Yeah. And they were expected, by a lot of believers today, You would, listening to them, you'd think they were expected to, to understand this stuff. Of course not. Yes. Yeah, like, I don't blame the people who wrote the books. Like, I mean, right. they had savage no, no, beliefs no, no. and Absolutely. practices. Right. Right. But when you're in the 21st century and you're holding this as a literal truth, you have no excuse. You yeah, don't you really have don't. A, you keep bad-mouthing Dionysus. He is my lord and savior. Yeah. Dionysus was a woman. Um, <laughs> Depends when. Yeah, right. I'm okay gender, with that. Gender yeah. fluid. Not, he's progressive. Not that Not there's he's, anything wrong with that. Yeah, he's progressive compared to, to Jesus. Right. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and certain uh, certainly uh, progressive compared to Mormons. They could they could drink wine. You know, I. It's, I it's all about the wine. That's she, right. I I get I get great joy from observe, getting to observe children playing groups. And if you want kind of a glimpse into the past history of how people made assumptions about the workings of the world without knowledge, all yeah. you really have to do is look at children. Because, Absolutely. like, I can watch a group of 6 and 10 and 7 and 8-year-olds, whatever, the range range from basically being able to communicate till about age 12 when they start to get enough of a grasp of the education in school that the world doesn't work the way they previously assumed. Yeah. And they will say some of the craziest things. Like, and, and, and not always about things that, you know, kind of make sense. Like Santa Claus is real. The tooth fairy is real. These are lies that they're told by their parents to, you know, bring a sense of mysticism to certain events in their lives. Yeah. But just how does the moon or how do the tides work? And they'll say some crazy stuff like they, and they just come up with it. It's so. They're brilliant and creative hypothesizers. Right. You know, it's well, what they are. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, well, I remember uh, when I was a my kid. Biggest, Sorry, my ahead. biggest. My biggest argument that I start with in this God Distraction series is that one of the things that I hate about debates about does God exist is it gives the impression from the outset that the question can be answered with an argument. And a good argument is insufficient for any question of objective fact. You need actual evidence. And this is that's the step that they don't take. The, the Bible and the the cosmography created therein is, as Christopher Hitchens said again, it's a good, it's a good start. It's a good first guess in our primitive state. But what you have to do beyond that is you realize that argument, an argument for God existence is nothing but a hypothesis. It's the, the Kalam cosmological argument is, a, is an hypothesis. And then you take that and you run with it and you say, okay, well, where are the facts to support it beyond its hypotheticalness? And all it, all it, rests on is our intuitive 
understanding of things. And one of the things that you learn about science is how absolutely bad we are at being able to intuit truth. Right. We just suck at it. Our brains aren't built for it. We're not very good at it, which is why we came up with the principles of science and the methods, because we recognize our brain sucks and we have, you know, cognitive bias and, and, and confirmation bias and, you know, all of these, all of these things that, that mess us up, which science is really the prophylactic and all of that. But you don't have that in religion. You've got the hypothesis and then everyone says, OK, this is a good hypothesis. Let's go with that. Right. Boom, done. Yeah. Every oh, every argument them. for the existence of God inevitably ends in special pleading. Yes. It, like with without fail, every single time, once you eliminate for all of the variables and all of the assumptions, it always ends up with you have to believe you have to take it on faith. Um, God is beyond your understanding and, and, and you just have to accept that. So there right. is no good scientific or even philosophical argument. Because, like, I mean, a philosophical argument ultimately is 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 kind of the root of where debating comes from. Yeah, it's a, so, it's another hypothesis. It's just right. a hypothesis. Yeah, it, it's so it's so weak. And for you know, the thing is, though, for centuries, hypothesis was it. If it sounded good, you went with that. Yeah. And that was that was the end of it. If it sounded good and it kind of worked a little, you know, if you were doing something scientific like like Ptolemy's idea of the universe, it kind of worked. You know, it didn't it didn't hit all of the all of the points that it should have, like Newton's idea or or Galileo. But it was good enough. And OK, let's run with this. And then all of a sudden, somehow, you know, this is good enough now turns into this is the true and only way. And it's, uh, you know, just that understanding of our humility and our understanding that we don't know anywhere near as much as we think we know. And that the more we know, we're going to realize we know less and less than we think we do. Those kinds of ideas are so essential now to to our world and to democracy and and you know you don't you don't get those ideas outside of of the scientific worldview. Right. It it almost seems to make sense to me though. From like like I'm not a biologist, but I'm just going to use you know evolution terminology here. You know, as our species was evolving, you know, and we needed to know where our next meal was going to come from or where our enemies were going to approach from. Right. There 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 came a necessity to have a sense of knowing. Mm -hmm. There 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 was almost like a drive that the person who had the most certainty in their actions would result in the tribe being fed or protected. Right. Was kind of selected for. Well even in the military now. Yeah. What could you be if you were like <clears throat> Cap uh, Captain, what should we do? Should we turn the boat? Should we fire our guns? I'm not really sure exactly what's happening, so we better wait and just uh, wait till we have more yes. information. Right. <laughs> so, so yes. there is there is a purpose for making assumptions. <laughs> sure. There, an, an evolutionary one for certain, but when it comes in, when when it kind of got co-opted into how we formulate right. our belief structure, it became a detriment more than a help. Right. Well, you know, the thing is, we all still do it every day. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's all part of our. Our cognitive biases, you know, I, I expect that if uh, this car turns into me and nearly runs me off the road, there's going to be an Asian driver behind the wheel. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's just one of the horrible, horrible, Especially one of the horrible terrible things that, that my brain, my brain leaps to, you know, and it's and it's, uh, you know, because it's funny because I have this I have this kind of uh, I don't do stand up, but I have little pieces of 
of material that I use frequently in my own personal life. And one of them is that in the car, I feel like you're allowed to use everything. You're allowed to be a base, a, a bigot, a racist, a misogynist, <laughs> because it's life and death in there. It is like being back <laughs> It's like being on the Serengeti and I have to have the full data set to give me all the information I need to know whether I need to watch out for this person on my right or left and all of that kind of shit. And it's pathetic because it's it's so frequently wrong, but we all do it. You know, we absolutely all do it. I see a guy, you know, a guy in a big truck with the giant tires driving kind of like an asshole. All right. If I just see the truck, truck, I don't see the guy. I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm calling guy. I'm calling dude on that one, you know, <laughs> and uh, we all have our own little experiences and we, we're, you know, we have our own, own little bigotries and all that kind of stuff. But, but it does speak to your point that when you're back in that world, you know, anything you can grab onto that's going to give you the slightest little advantage. And that's Dennett's argument too, that, you know, being a person, knowing what we know now about the placebo effect, being the person who believes that the witch doctor is going to cure him gives him a better chance of survival and his genes getting into the future. So if you believe a little more, you're probably going to survive and your genes are going to perpetrate that, that, that sense of belief and, and, you know, you're going to survive. And so we all still do it day to day. I do it in my car most. That's, that's where I, I resort <laughs> back to, particularly in LA, because LA drive is insane. Well, I've it's heard it's terrible. I, my, my profession is truck driver. So uh, I've been in a number of places oh. with bad traffic, but it sounds to me like I'm just glad I never had to drive there. <laughs> the worst place I've been it's is the, New York City. Yeah, What's no, up? the 405-101 interchange, I believe, is the most uh, trafficked place in the world consistently every day. I just had to go there um, on Wednesday and sign some papers at a lawyer lawyer's place, and it took me almost two hours. If, if oh, I'm wow. going in the middle of the night, that would be a half-hour trip. Wow. You know, but it's two yeah, hours. Yeah, it's, it's been kind of had its reputation since the 70s. Like You can see it in mm -hmm. old movies, people making comments about it. It's like purgatory. Like, like if there's a fucking purgatory in, on the real plane of existence, it's LA traffic. Uh, but I was going to say humor. Yeah, is, without just... without any kind of radio. Or something. <laughs> this is part of the power of what you do. Without and... radio or not. <laughs> humor is a great way to get people to reflect on and even challenge their own ideas without getting so necessarily as bent out of shape. I think it's a great a great approach that that you've taken with your show. Um, I know when we were talking earlier, what popped humor in... is a very subversive. It, yeah, it's very subversive. It's a port of entry that people don't don't realize that they have open all the time. That's right. the thing. That's a port of entry that doesn't shut down. That's yeah. the thing that I love about humor is it's it's everyone is always open to laughing. And even if it's something about, you know, and, and the beauty of it for a comic, the thing that you really want people to do is laugh at something that they don't want to laugh at. Yeah. You know, so Well, 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 if it isn't the Prince of Darkness himself. Mr. Deity, how nice to see you. Oh, this is delightful. It is? Why, of course. You make me laugh, and I love to laugh. Are you the Shellfish Gene guy? Selfish Gene. Are you kidding? You're not that blogger who gives people tasty shellfish recipes against my clearly stated will? No, I'm a biologist. I'm sorry, a journalist? Biologist. All right, don't get so testy. Jeez, you know, sometimes I don't listen so well, especially regarding kin selection. Well, if you're not the shellfish gene guy, you're, you're free to go then. Really? I'd love to stay for a while, chat a bit. 
Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a busy guy. I can... Oh, good one. That's very witty and clever. Brilliant, really. Why is that funny? Well, as a biologist, I'm uniquely qualified to understand just how lazy you've been. Lazy? Oh, I'm not judging. I'd have done the same thing. I love vacations. But it's just so clear that no intelligent being had a hand in this mess. Mess. Well, you know, it's an invisible hand, because I, you know, I got it from that Shermer kid, but uh, it's pretty hard to see, because I'm more of a Rube Goldberg-style designer. Designer? Where exactly is the design? You do realize that you put the retina in the eye backwards, don't you? That's not entirely our fault, though. Okay, let me tell you something. We got the eyes at Ikea, and they come with the most atrocious instructions. You, you can't do everything with pictures, people, okay? You need the written word at some point. Did the Belgians not get that? And how about the recurrent laryngeal nerve in the giraffe? I don't keep up on recurrent events. It only needed to be two inches long. That's what she said. It goes all the way down the neck, from the brain, wraps around the aorta, and comes all the way back up the neck to the larynx. And in a giraffe, that's quite some distance. That recurrent laryngeal nerve, well, that's easy to explain, too, because what happened was we overestimated and bought way more laryngeal nerve than we needed. And then, you know me, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who hates to let anything go to waste, so... Like the vast majority of species on Earth? You are not that family feud guy, are you? No. You're that Richard Dawson, the atheist? Dawkins, Richard Dawkins. Unbelievable. Getting a religious person to laugh at at some of the religious principles is such a big, you know, that's a talk about an ego boost for, for someone like me. It's, it's amazing. I mean, that's, uh, the, uh, the that's what it's all about. The, the superhero idea I mentioned uh, earlier, um, I think probably originally came to me, the idea of using superheroes in that fashion from, we mentioned Robert and Price earlier. He had this great line. I think he's using, what's that? The Are League you? of Stupid. Oh, that was, my, that, that was my, that was my twist on it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my twist on it. But, yeah. But he's like, into all kinds of stuff, yeah. geek stuff, right? He, he really is a geek. And yeah. uh, I remember when yeah. he was making this argument, he goes, believing that, he goes, when I talk to Christians and they say, and I say, what about all these other gods? What about all these other mythologies? What about all these other texts? And they're like, yeah, but Jesus, he was the real one. He goes, this is like jumping 10,000 years into the future and saying to someone, hey, um, superheroes of, of these comic books, do you believe any of them are real? Oh, no, they're all ridiculous. Except Superboy. He was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Superman. Superman was the real deal. I mean, clearly. If you can get the some humor, uh... if you can get some humor and wrap it around there, like I say, we, I should say, we we have at least one friend that we know of who's not uh, doesn't consider himself a skeptic or an atheist, anything like that. Um, and he had he knew your channel, you know, our friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know. So that's the power, I think, of. of that's not what... all that shocking because I would say, based on the email I get, or at least the email I used to get. Um, I don't get as much many people writing to me directly anymore, but I used to get a lot of email directly, and I would have said that thirty between thirty and forty percent of religious people saying, "Hey, you know, I'm religious, but I love your show," and blah blah blah. blah, blah. <laughs> I thought this was so funny. I used I used to get requests. Um, you know, the first couple of years I was doing it, I got requests from pastors who wanted to use Mr. D and Mr. Deity and the really big favor, which is the one where Jesus is introduced yes. uh, oh, yeah. the in, their, in their Sunday <laughs> Easter sermons. You know, I, that, that's awesome. <laughs> there are a lot of people. And I, and I knew this from having been religious myself. There are a lot of religious people who are not, you know, the tight ass kind of ultra right wing nut bars. They're they're nominally Christian and they can they can laugh at the stuff and they like that someone's doing material that's about stuff that they know and love. So, 
Yeah, they watch. They watch that's, the that's, show. That's positive, though, because that humor opens up, the, like you said, it opens up the door for them to really critically consider these things, but it's very subversive. Um, in, in, in the profession that I'm acquiring, uh, one of the counseling skills that they talk about is called amplified reflection. And I find that the only difference between right. amplified reflection and humor is the, the manner of delivery. Right. You know, right. And, and the humor is amplified delivery that makes you laugh, or sorry, amplified reflection that makes you laugh. That's it. Yeah. Humor is, is the ultimate hack. You know, it's, it's your way in. It's, yeah. uh, you know, I don't care how good your security is. You make someone laugh and you've, you've gotten in. Now you right. can do your damage, you know, if you're going to do it or, or do your good, whatever you're, you're going to do. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And, and it's, <clears throat> you know, the other thing about it is that it's so, um, Oh God! What is what is the word that I'm looking for? It's it's a way to attach an idea that immediately is positive, whether you agree with it or not, because laughing laughter is such a positive experience. You know, it feels good, and you you feel good when you're doing it, and you know you're you're smiling, and your face looks, you know, as good as it's ever going to look, probably. And and it's just everything about it is there's nothing but upside to it. So if you can get your point across and make them smile at the same time, you are you are golden. That's the that's the best way to go about it. Or you could just kill everyone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question for you. Um, I don't want to leave that out. I like to just your... Or you could just kill everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We can't forget our options. Let's be honest. Put them on the table. Yes, that's uh, right. I have a question for you because you said you don't get a whole lot of negativity. Um, and I know there was one video that you made where you actually later on made a follow-up because people felt you were blaming the victim. Um, Yes. Are you comfortable talking about that? Can I ask you about it? Because the videos are up, so I sure, I think, yeah. absolutely. So the yeah. reference that I the reference that I got when you were talking, I didn't see it as blaming a victim. I thought that you were simply making your comment about not jumping to conclusions. That was the whole point, wasn't it? Well, the thing that people that really pissed people off is I made a ju- there there was there was an incident where a friend of mine was accused of some pretty nefarious things, and as supporting evidence. And the, the, I should say the nefarious thing is that this person was knowingly going about trying to get women drunk in this nefarious manner, as, you know, almost Bill Cosby style by filling yes. up their, their glasses with wine and all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And as evidence of this, there was a woman who made a report in which she said um, he continued to fill up her glass even though she didn't want it filled up, but she was too uncomfortable to say no. And, you know, to me at a certain point, you got to take a little personal responsibility. Yeah. Just, you can do it, and you can do it as simply as just not just not drinking what's in there so there's nothing more to fill up or put the glass down. There's so many ways to solve that situation, but instead this woman took this as a look at see what he's trying to do now she reported that nothing nefarious happened after that she got a little tipsy and drank more than she should have but there was no taking responsibility for her own drinking now if someone is drunk and you have sex with them and they're unable to consent yes absolutely that person has been raped and i will support you in whatever way you need support but since there was it was it to me it was an actual representation of the opposite of what the person had claimed in the initial claim because this person nothing happened to them and you know and it was it turns out by the way and it's weird for me to talk about it this way because I didn't like about the way the thing was anonymous 
anonymously done in the first place. But I got people writing to me anonymously who didn't want to go on the record saying, I was actually at the, I know who this woman is. And I, I was at the thing where this went down. And this is not the way it happened. It was not Michael uh, pouring the wine. It was a group of us standing around and it was a waiter coming by. And he said, anyone want a refill? So there, it seemed to me there was so much effort to find supporting evidence for the narrative because uh, the person who wrote the post said, I have all kinds of women writing me, telling me their stories of this. And this was the best example he could come up with uh, uh, of, of a situation where Michael was supposedly refilling everyone's uh, drinks, but a, nothing he happened. He was a regular Jesus. That's, that's the word. He was a regular yeah. Jesus so at the I, party. I yeah. mocked the <laughs> fact that at, at any point you can just say, no, it's not that big of a deal to just say, no, I don't want any more wine. And that ended up me blaming victims for, for being drunk, you know, and, and getting raped, which had nothing to do with it in my mind. I was never commenting on the rape part of it. I was simply commenting on the fact that a grown woman can't say no to right. a person Absolutely. refilling their wine glass. That's ridiculous. So, and, and it's certainly not supporting evidence of anything other yeah. than this woman being kind of infantilized by her own actions, yeah. you know, uh, you that's about all I found evidence no. with. So yeah. So, I don't have so, the strength to say no to someone <laughs> or I can't even put it down or I can't even not drink it, you know, so as there's nothing more to fill up. I mean, it's just, that's that kind of stuff just to me is like, okay, come on, you know, let's. <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks again for watching. I wanna take this time today to answer a question I get a lot. Why don't I believe in the Gospels? Um, the first big problem I have with the Gospels is that they are anonymous. A lot of people don't know that, but it's true. Um, and no good skeptic, atheist, free thinker should ever accept any anonymous report just offhand, uh, especially when we're talking about something truly awful. I mean, the Gospel writers have Jesus doing some pretty ugly stuff. Um, killing a tree for no reason, which makes him look completely insane. They have him claiming to be God, which would have been a major blasphemy within Judaism at the time. And then they have him turning water into wine, which we all know is just a tactic to get the ladies drunk, right? I mean, no one turns water into wine for any reason that's not just completely nefarious. But if you're gonna talk shit about someone like that, you can't do that anonymously. And if you do, what is that? What are we talking about? That's nothing more than gossip. And I think as good skeptics, atheists, and free thinkers, we should all know how absolutely toxic, disgusting, and beneath us it is to repeat and or report mere gossip. Would you like a refill? Um, no, thank you. Now, see how easy that was? Here's another little tip. If you find it hard to say no to the refill, you can just leave the glass full. Don't take another sip. That's my friendly little piece of advice to those of you without a backbone or any sense of personal responsibility. The other problem with the Gospels is that these anonymous reports are made years after the fact. Some scholars say decades. Uh, that gives Jesus no opportunity to refute the claims. I mean, there isn't a decent justice system in the entire world that doesn't give the accused the right to confront his or her accuser. That's just basic justice. And in many cases, even the witnesses of the witnesses are anonymous. Really? Come on. We're skeptics. We don't take stuff like that at face value. The other problem here is confirmation bias, the tendency to see only what we want to see. That's clearly what the gospel writers were doing here. They wanted a hero or a villain, depending on your perspective, and they found one. But 
As good skeptics, we should all know the power of confirmation bias. I mean, for heaven's sake, they found witches in Salem, and Joe McCarthy found a communist under every bed. As skeptics, we need to stand up to these anonymous gospel authors and those who repeat such gossip and say, have you no sense of decency, sir? At long last, have you left no sense of decency? Of course, if you're completely divorced from the skeptic community, I don't expect you to understand these basic principles, but the rest of us should know better. Remember, do unto others. So just for my uh, own personal clarification, though, are, are, are you of the mind that, yeah. that, a, that a woman and a man, they could both go out drinking, um, if they both get drunk, but they're both still functionally awake and able to consent, that two drunk people that have sex... You know, it still count. It should still count as consensual. It's uh, a. I, I, yeah, I, th- about... I think there are circumstances. I think we're. I think you start to get into an area there where there there are questions. There are legitimate questions to ask and be raised, and there's probably not a lot we can do about that as a society because it's something that happens so in the moment between two people who, you know. There, there are all kinds of people who have had drunk sex. I have high sex all the time. <laughs> I technically, according to some people's definitions, have been raped just an unbelievable amount of times because they say that, oh, anyone who is on any kind of substance uh, is no longer able to consent and therefore that's raped. Well, um, I don't see it that way. And a lot of people don't. And But I can see how some people can can see it that way but there's you're you start to get into so many you know people read each other's body language and they read each other's comments in the moment and we say things when we're drunk that we would consent to that maybe we wouldn't when we're in our right minds but we're drunk and the other person is drunk too and who do you hold responsible for determining whether someone has been violated or not it starts to get so difficult and i say people in the end just do what i do which is don't drink. <laughs> I'm not a drinker. And yes, I do. I do use marijuana, uh, both for my medical condition and for for um, just to help me sleep, because I have a hard time shutting this stupid brain of mine down. But um, clearly you're a hardcore criminal. <laughs> yes. And, and I enjoy sex. I think it enhances sex. So it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, yeah, I could probably claim that I've been raped, but <laughs> I know in my heart, no, that's never, is, it's never is, even come close to that. Is, did uh, I, do I remember correctly is uh, the person that plays Lucy on the show, um, which is the devil, like Lucifer, right? Um, yes, right. Is, is that your wife? Do I remember that correctly? Or am I remember that totally wrong? That, that is my ex-wife. Ex-wife. Yes. Okay. All right. That's right. That's right. Okay. We were married during the show, and uh, we split up in 2012, and we uh, we still actually see each other because we're we're kind of stupid, crazy about each other, but we have a lot of you know issues to she, work uh, out and whatnot. Do I, do I remember correctly as well that she's a, she's a, some kind of a believer as well, that, but still plays the part? She was when we started doing the show. She was, yeah. She's she's no longer. I think she would be feel comfortable calling herself an atheist and maybe even oh, an wow. anti. Maybe even an anti-theist now. I think she would. She loved my atheist fundamentalist piece, nice. which I don't know if you saw it, but it's the <laughs> it's the most it's the most comprehensive video I've ever done on my objections to religion and fundamentalism in in per se, in, in particular. So she loved it. So I guess that that would pretty much put her on the anti-theist side, and she's 
she very much likes my ideas about not caring about even if there is their God, even if there is a God, we shouldn't give a crap um, because we have no way of knowing what this being wants or what this being's character is or any of these other more important questions, you know. If you're going to start following someone, you should know what kind of person they are. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's and a good idea. really have no way to know that about God. Yeah, he says he's all good, but, you know, that genocide makes me kind of question it. <laughs> so I'm um, not sure that I'm interested in following him anymore. That's, that was kind of Christopher Hitchens' argument. If he does exist and this is who he really is, I'm not following him. I'm giving him the bird. I'm, I'm flipping him off. I, yeah. I have no interest in this being. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, even the sense of... There's so many lines of reasoning. I don't understand how any of them lead to the conclusion that he's he's real or good. One or the other, maybe, I guess, in someone's mind, but how both can exist. Um, the idea that yeah. he's... I've tried going through this with people. Uh, one of the, the arguments, the first argument I actually made against God out loud to somebody was a fellow truck driver who was pushing my buttons. We we're both waiting at this place and he wouldn't stop about God. So finally I said, look, here's the problem. God's all-knowing. He's almighty. He's all-present, right? Yeah. Okay. So every time a child is molested, he's not only aware of it, he could have stopped it and he's present through the entire thing right there. So how is right. your God good? <laughs> you can just see the right. gears turning, the excuses start trying to pop out of their poor little heads, right? Like, right. wait a second. This is no, 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 no. It's our fault. It's our fault. No, it's not our fault. He's right there. Free will, free will, uh, free will. Uh. I'm like, it's not even like he's in heaven <laughs> looking down. Yeah, he's right there. So right. it doesn't make any right. sense to me. Um, well, that's sure. the old saying, uh, what is it? All, uh, it's uh, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-loving, pick two. Pick two. <laughs> you can't get all three. You can't, you can't get all three in there. No. You cannot make it work with all three. But all three is the only way that, that, that the concept is meaningful and relevant to us. And, you know, it, it, only, it only works to ease our existential angst if all three, if you can figure out a way to get all three in there. Now, were you, you were raised Mormon, right? Or did yes, you enter it later? So yeah, this is a very powerful thing when it's introduced to a child. This becomes an invisible friend uh, slash judger, <laughs> someone who judges you, but also an invisible right. friend who's with you all the time, right. daytime, nighttime, feeling alone, no matter what you're doing. This being has been taught to you as real. And there is, I think that when you become an adult, losing that, at least for me, really messed with my head, you know, because I literally believe there was some being out there. I think that's why yeah. it's so hard for so many people well, to just I, completely oh, let go. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and on top of it, I, I believe I believed he allowed my grandmother to watch me masturbate. That was the worst. <laughs> yeah, that was the, See, God is not good. That was tough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it is. That's the ultimate totalitarian, isn't it? I mean, that really is. He's watching you all the time. He's he's checking out what you're doing, and he's going, oh, tisk tisk tisk, Brian. What what are you thinking? You know, and and the thing is, naughty Brian. The thing is, it's you know, if it were if it were over stuff that were truly meaningful and important that we all value in society, that would be one thing. But it's it's you know whether you're willing to put your dick in the palm of your hand and move it around a bit is not something that I can see the all knowing, all loving, all powerful God of the universe being concerned about. It's just you know, it's but. Again, you go back to the control issue. We want to control everything. I don't know who who was the idiot that said, you know, this masturbation thing is no good. Is was he? You know, I have never had a bad orgasm, and <laughs> I, maybe this guy. Oh, it burns! It burns! Maybe he had some kind of disorder, and then he figured out no, we shouldn't be doing this because it burns. Does it burn for you? No, not really. Well, it burns for me. So everybody, stop it. 
you know, it's, <laughs> I don't know how that one began. That's a that's a weird thing because it's you know kids do it in the in the in the womb. They're they're playing with it. So it's one of those uh, things that's a part the, of who the, we all are. The, all the insignificant little bullshit that that creates problems for people and causes them suffering via guilt and shame and all of these things that's the stuff that's truly heartbreaking about religion yeah. all the little all the little piddling things you know that you can't do there are mormons who feel guilty because they take off their their magic underwear to uh, <laughs> to shower you know they feel like oh they should be never taking it off and you hear of people who who will take one leg off and then just watch that leg and then put the you know it back on wow. it's just just the minutia the minutia and the mental uh energy required for all of these stupid little you know judaism has 613 laws it's like oh my god come on <laughs> oh uh leviticus <laughs> yeah yeah i love leviticus i do There's it's a great read 611 those last two though fuck you know you're gonna have guilt over those last two that you couldn't nail so it's just it's so destructive on a personal level and i and i do get that from people who write into me you know particularly ex-mormons and all of the all of this stuff, particularly those who are gay, just the shame and, and heartbreak that these poor people go through over some idiot 2,000 or 4,000 years ago saying this is no good. You know, it's just it just kills you. It breaks your heart. Yeah, I got I got one last question for you here because we are coming up on our two hour mark, which is probably one of our longest running interviews. I have, go ahead. I have one last answer. Oh, awesome. We're done perfectly. Well, we'll probably have two. We need to come up with the finisher line for this episode and not be regretting it afterwards. But um, my question to you is, okay. since you think that we're making up, uh, making so much headway in that, you know, at least Christianity in the United States and North America and Europe is kind of in its death throes, I guess uh, it would be kind of your impression. What, what, yep. what do you, what do you think? Go ahead. No, that's all I have. Go ahead. Okay. Um, what What do you think is the risk of us taking a major backstep? Because when we were talking earlier about uh, Islam and that joking about Islam or even discussing it could result in you know real harm. Like this isn't this isn't something that that is imaginary. It's really happening to people who speak out against this. Do you think that there's a risk that right. that atheists? And atheism itself has a chance to take a major backstep if we are unwilling to challenge the this this newer religion that has this real fear factor for it. Yeah, I think there's always a there's there there are dangers in many ways. One of which is overreach, which is mm -hmm. going just going too far, mm -hmm. which uh, you know we we can do. And that the the whole thing that I talked about, where we're shutting down, where we're trying to shut down speech. Um, some of us on the uh, progressive front and not allowing you to say what you want to say. That to me is totalitarianism. That's a, that's a misstep we can make. The other misstep that we can make is, and I do see this happening somewhat, where we've gone out and we've been critical and now we're turning that criticism towards a religion which is also now a, mon a minority in this country and people feel that you're attacking this minority instead of attacking the religion. And right. some people truly are attacking the minority. Some people really are bigots towards people of that faith or, um, or that color, um, because so many uh, Muslims who are here are from the Middle East and, 
and don't but share our just so you, just uh, so you know, what, what Mormonism can, called our white our white and delightsome countenance. Uh, Canada um, doesn't have any bigots, just so, so you know. <laughs> we, yeah, right. We're bigot free, <laughs> totally. And so um, <laughs> Sam Harris and Bill Maher have both stepped into this where they've gotten in trouble uh, for looking like they're um, right. yep. bigoted towards Muslims instead of talking about the religion of Islam. And I have tried to be extremely careful to, first of all, if I'm going to be talking about religion in general, there's no point in necessarily selecting out Islam uh, as an example. You can mention it in bypassing without even mentioning the faith, which is kind of what I try to do. I try to keep it as generic because I do believe that religion in general, it's not any one religion. If you go back, President Obama was right. If you go back 500 years, the dangerous religion is not Islam as much as it is Christianity. And so all of these religions will do the same thing given power. That's the thing. They cannot have power. That's what that's what the people who came to, to, to North America understood is you can't give the religious people power and you have to keep them away from it like nothing because when they do have the chance to create their their vision, they will. And it's a terrifying vision. It's totalitarianism. It's you know, people don't realize how much the totalitarian secular ideologies that came after uh Christianity really relied on the same kind of platform. I mean, they just took the the mold and moved it into a secular, not necessarily yeah. secular, but you they know, either their... a communist ide ideology or Nazi Nazi ideology. It was the it was the same kind of thing where yeah. you shut down free speech and you get rid of the people who disagree and you know all of that kind of thing. But um I think there is a danger and we have to be smart about how we talk about Islam per se. Um, we have it easier here because I can go after Christians because they're still such a majority. When Christianity becomes a minority in this country, we're also going to have to watch it there because, you know, some people will take it as you're, you're wishing harm on actual Christians, not the ending of their, their religion in general. Um, and you have to be very careful of that. And I think you have to be very sensitive to that. And, you know, I think we all need to give each other the benefit of the doubt on this kind of thing. If I if I know in general that Sam Harris is a good person who would never wish harm upon a particular Muslim person, and I do, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just despite that maybe he's talked about the use of nuclear weapons in a in a confrontation and blah 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 blah. Um, I give people like that the benefit of the doubt, and as, where I where I feel the need to say, hey, you know, let's back that rhetoric up because that's going to do some damage to individuals and not the religion in general. Uh, I'll speak out on that as well. But um, yeah, it's it's getting it's getting to a point where we need to be smarter about navigating the minefields that yeah. exist because because those minefields are legitimate. They're absolutely legitimate. This kid, fourteen, who got locked up uh, this week in Texas. Yeah, he built something that looked a little funky. I get it. But 14 and Muslim does not equal, you know, handcuffs and arrest. It's it's like we, we need to be a little cooler headed about all of this stuff. And, and it's it is hard to do that when you're seeing daily video of them, you know, beheading people and burning people in cages alive and and stuff like that. And, you know, we can't look away from that. Our, our media is correct in showing us that kind of thing. But uh I think we just have to be smart and use, you know, that's one of the things that we claim to have. We got to be, we got to be smart about all of this, not just about 
uh, the criticisms, but about the tactics that we employ. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I can totally get behind that. All right, well that's all I got, and that was a that was a good answer. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I want to say I want to say uh, super thanks for being on the show. Like I say, you didn't even hesitate. You just said give me an email. You're very easy to connect with. I appreciate that. You just you just popped my super thanks cherry. I have never been super thanked before. That was oh. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we like super popping cherries. Um, yeah, there we go. <laughs> is uh, now where would you like people to go to 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 uh, follow your your work? Oh, they can and, look up. You... They can look up my yeah. They can look up my channel on uh, YouTube. It's just Mister Deity M I S T E R D E I T Y. Or you can go to MisterDeity.com, which is M R D E I T Y.com, which is a little confusing. You can also find us on uh, iTunes, and uh, I am supported by by viewers so if you like uh, the show and you like the ideas head on over to the links that you can find on the website to patreon or paypal and whatever and uh throw a little love my way as they say yeah So what do you do? You, do you hear that? Is it supposed to sound like this, Mister Deity? I think it sounds great, Larry. The the whole thing is a train wreck. It's it's. Sir, you're being a perfectionist. Well, yeah. You had six days for this project. Actually, I had seven, but there's no way I'm coming in tomorrow. Now I'm so depressed. It's okay, well then we really should wrap up the whole evil thing, sir, Mister Deity. What you're allowing, what you're not allowing. Okay, where were we? Well, uh, we last left off, uh, we had decided, well, actually you had decided, sir, that you weren't going to allow people to harm each other with merely their, their thoughts. Their thoughts, yeah, that's good, that's good. Right, next up, kind of a biggie, holocausts. Yeah, I'm going to allow it. Okay, holocausts in. Um, next up, torture. Broad brush here, you got men, women, children, animals. Babies? Babies, yes. Yeah, I'm going to leave it in. Okay, tortures in... Sir, you are all-powerful, right? What is it? What is I, it I mean, to I was just thinking, because the list... It was just... I, the list, because the list... Uh, okay, moving down the list, sir. Down syndrome. Down... Uh, what is it again? It, Refresh. It's a birth defect. Causes a mental retardation. Has the certain morphological consequence. Oh, yeah, that's awful. It's uh, so sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's leave it in. Okay. Um, Down syndrome. In. Um, well, the next one, I checked with the boys down in research on this. Said yeah. we're safe to leave it out. What is it? That natural disaster compliment. The earthquakes, floods, tsunamis. Yeah, I need to have that in. Well, sir, I actually spoke with the head of R&D myself on this one. Sir? Sir, I spoke with the head of R&D. Yeah. Okay. He said if we leave this out, it's not going to affect anybody's free will or natural law, right. yeah, natural law or anything like that. And since you're way over quota on the gratuitous pain and yeah. suffering... Here's the thing. If we take it out, it's going to be way too easy for people to believe in me. No, and sir, let me go over the list. Holocausts, torture, and Down syndrome. Those three alone make it kind of hard to believe in you. No, I don't think so. Uh, sir, really, if you had the natural disasters, you got earthquakes, floods, tsunamis, you throw in a hard winter or two, no one's going to believe in you. Sure they will. Uh, 
Sir, I really don't think they will. For how much? I'll, I'll bet you a C note, and I'll make you Archangel if I'm wrong. But, sir, I don't want to wager with you. Yeah, because you know you're wrong. No, because I, I know you're the god of the universe, the all-knowing god. You can see the future. All is present with you. Okay, that's a, that's a good point. That's fair. Um, ten to one? Sir, please don't insult my intelligence. Hundred to one? Hundred to one. You're on. Okay. So is that it? Can we go or is... No, not even close. Conjoined twins. We're going to be here all night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah leave it. Okay. Conjoined twins. Uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Leave it in. Okay. Leave it in. Oh, but uh, wait for Lou. Wait for Lou. Makes sense. Um, I assume you have no problem with childhood cancer. No. Celine Dion. Celine Dion.